Hello, this is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome to part three of our coverage of The Witcher 3 here on Video Games Cover to Cover. Okay, so this is something we don't normally do, but we both felt it was very appropriate for this session of The Witcher. There are a couple of content warnings for this episode because the storyline that we were working on gets really dark. So there are content warnings for the following. Domestic abuse, spousal abuse, miscarriage, fetus stuff. I'm not really sure how to say that. So this week I completed... 100% of the Baron storyline, and I went to see the crones. Yeah, Uh, so... So so basically, like, I'm ready to go into the next area. Yeah, likewise, I did the same thing. I have finished the main storyline and the follow-up side quest for the Baron, and am ready to move on to the next area. Yeah, so I think the first thing I wanted to mention was... I and not even just not even just because like I'm not spending points or whatever for a while I was kind of having a bad time in the second section it was way harder the difficulty kind of like ramped up pretty big at least I noticed when I went to the second section so much to the point that I actually went back and did all the question marks in the first area that I hadn't done before because I needed all the experience and I and more to the point I needed the gear from the first area because I ended up getting some pretty good gear from it but I also have like this super steel sword it's a relic that does 50% critical damage and 35% to bleed and 5% to crit so it's a really really nice sword but I actually ended up getting that from this castle that I had to go to that had a wyvern in it. Yeah, speaking of wyverns, uh, to your point about how much harder the second area is, I went to a random question mark, uh, and it was two monster nests with level 24 wyverns right next to each other. Wow. Yeah, so uh, needless to say, I ran away from that one really quickly because I just hit level 12 as of last night. (laughs) Where was it? Is this in the this is in the second area? Yep. And they expect you to beat two level 24 wyverns. Yep. That's nuts. The wyvern I fought was level 14 and I I did, I definitely I didn't destroy it, but I've come around to using not only potions, but the bomb system, the oil system, and all the potions just because there's so much there. And I actually have a bit of a system going because I refuse to spend any of my alcoholist or alcoholist or whatever it's called. Alcahest. Alcahest. I refuse to spend any of it. <laughs> so what I'll do is after a mission or something where I've actually used it, where I've used potions or bombs or something, then I'll just go around to all the question marks until I feel like I'm going to die, use the rest of my potions or oils or whatever I happen to have left. And then when I get to the point where I have used just about everything I could possibly use and my health is at like 10 HP, then I'll finally meditate. So that way I get 
all I can possibly get out of the one alcohol. <laughs> that does sound like you, for sure. Well, the problem that I'm running into is I'm not finding... I mean, yeah, I have... It's the second area, and I have about 30 at this point. And I did blow through a lot of them in the beginning, which is actually why I started saving them in the first place, because I wasn't really finding them a whole lot. And on top of that... In order to actually make them, like when if you buy them, they're 25 gold. Not that big of a deal, whatever. You know, I can sell a couple runes and immediately get all that money back. But the ingredients to make the alcohol is ridiculous. I can't find them anywhere. I've only found the Nifgardian potion, and that was because I raided like this Nifgardian area in general. And um, but I have not found any of the cherry cordial except for merchants. And in those merchants, the Nilfgaardian potion costs 90 and the cor- cherry cordial potion costs 60. So in order to make one of these, not even counting the other in- the other two ingredients you need, it's already 150 crowns just to make one. So I've been very cautious about not spending any of them and making sure that I'm going to have plenty for the rest of the game, especially when I go into the third area, which if the difficulty ramped up in the second, I think it's just going to get harder moving forward. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, the the third area is actually recommended level 10, according to the map, but I was very skeptical of that. I've been trying to get at least a couple more levels in before I go because yeah, uh, I mean, the recommended area level for this was like level five, and it was real tough showing up at level five. I I have to say, their leveling system, not only do you not level up as fast as I would hope that you would, but at the same time, it seems like when they suggest that, oh, you should be level 10 for this quest, you get to the quest and like level 12 or level 14 monsters are in there. And it's like, wait a minute. Because so like... For example, the the Crone or Barons, both of them were set for level 6. In the process of doing those quests, both of them, I was fighting like level 9 Drowners. So it says, and, and realistically, I didn't have too much trouble with it, especially since I started using all of my potions and I use powers. The best power that I have been using the most frequently is the Magic Trap. I absolutely love the magic trap, especially when you're fighting a big creature because you can just pop the magic trap down, lure it towards you. It goes into the trap, it slows down, and then you just roll in and start whacking at it for a while. And I've had a lot of success for that, especially when there's groups. Um, It's really nice to get away from a group when, you know, five or six necklers or drowners or or what have you is coming at you and you can just boom pop it slow everything down and just like roll out of the way whereas sometimes when you're rolling i frequently get hit stunned and it just ends the roll and then i get hit like three more times when there's a group of enemies like that out of curiosity do you know what level you were when you were running into those level nine enemies in these level six quests because i'm i want to say i was like maybe seven ish because i'm pretty sure some of the monsters um or some of the events within quests scale to your actual level even if you're not like a good example i i did a level six side quest last night just cleaning up my my you know massive at this point (laughs) side quest backlog a little bit 
and ran into level 12 enemies on the way that were part of the quest. It wasn't just like a random thing. They were a scripted encounter. I am level 12, and I'm pretty sure the enemies scale up to your level during quests to a point. Well, I think it's the outside world scales to your level. Sometimes in quests, I don't know if that's necessarily true, at least in my experience. Although I could be wrong because I know I'm just now level 10. And the last, the very last quest I did was going back for the Baron's wife. But we can get into that when we get there Uh, because that was basically the very end of my journey this time. I was level 9 going into level 10, and all the stuff I was fighting was 8 or 9. But the quest was also listed as level 9. So I'm not sure if that really is true or not, because I know when I first got into the area, the very first thing I did was talk to that shady merchant to get into the red guard area. Mm -hmm. That was the very first thing that I did. When I got into the second area, just because it was on my way to go see the hunter guy and coming across that when I first showed up, it was level nine drowners. I again, I was level five or six, maybe. And then when I got into the actual quest itself, it was just a barrage of drowners and then bandits and then more drowners. And all of them were around level seven or eight, if I remember correctly. So being in that area at five or six, they were already scaled two higher than my actual level. That was a very difficult fight. The way it works, from what I understand from having talked to other people and doing a little bit of research on my own, is each section of the map has a minimum and a maximum level, and it will adjust within that range. But if you're too low or too high, there is eventually a point where it stops adjusting. That's interesting, Yeah, because I know that there are some enemies that are just mega hard like i ran into several earth elementals i ran into it wasn't a wyvern but there was something else that was level 24 i definitely fought it and i definitely died and you were actually there when i fought the earth elemental because i was running into an area and i was just thinking to myself oh i'm just gonna run in there and i gotta try it i mean yeah it's a skull but i have to try so i saved Well, you just ruined the whole sequence of me talking, so thanks for that. Yeah, I saved and prepared and did all of this stuff, and it it immediately killed me. So thanks for that. I'd love to see you fight it right now at level 12 and see how well you do. No, because I wouldn't try because it's a skull. Oh, you're not going to try a skull at all? When I beat the level 14 wyvern, it was a skull for me. And I got one of the best swords that I've ever seen so far after that fight. And more to the point, I got two of them. Which, that's really weird. I don't know. I, I mean, don't know why cool, I got two. But that's really weird. All I weird. know is, I got two, and one of them's worth, they're both worth like 500 gold when you go to a merchant. And you know that means... It's a good item because those merchants, you pick up a sword. I could pick up a, a common sword now that has more damage than what my sword has. Obviously, it doesn't have all the pluses and stuff. But when I go to a merchant, it's like, yeah, I'll give you two gold for that. What? Its damage is super high. What do you mean you'll give me two gold? It's like 10 times higher than any of the other common swords I've gotten in the game that you've also given me two gold for. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like anything that's not magical, they 
they really, really have like a very low price cap. They super rake you over the coals and I, I it doesn't matter that much because I have thirty five hundred yeah, crowns I was just at this saying, point. Like, even with that it's not like I'm hurting for money at all. That's because I just I keep getting so many runes, and the runes are worth like twenty, thirty a pop. Yeah, the runes the runes sell for a lot, and most of them I don't ever. I look at it, and I'm like, I really don't think I'll ever use this. And then there are some of them, especially when you get into like regular runes and greater runes, they're worth like a hundred to two hundred. Although one of them I got was plus five percent to poison, and I'm like, that's two hundred nineteen gold, but Plus 5% poison. I'm going to take that poison. (laughs) I need that in my life. So let's dive into the uh, plot for a little bit here. So let's start with the Baron quest. Uh, How how did that go for you? Because one of the things that I think is going to come up a lot in this game compared to the previous one is we're definitely not going to be necessarily doing the exact same thing. I mean, we'll be obviously be covering the same stuff, but there's it's a lot more likely that Chris's experience and mine are going to differ because we're not going to make the same choices. Because I'm like, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm just kind of trying to make the best decision I can in the moment, and then I'm just sticking with that choice, and I have no idea what the other outcomes even are. Yeah, that's the exact same thing for me, although there have been one or two times where... I absolutely hated the outcome and went back. Though I'm not really a fan of what happened when I completed the Baron's quest, but I'm very conflicted on the Baron to begin with. So the first, there are two parts of the Baron's quest. There's, and and I'll kind of focus on the first part for now. Yeah. So the first part is the Baron is essentially missing his wife and daughter, and he is basically posting rewards for anyone who can find them. When I first got into the second area in general, one of the first things I did is get in a fight with a whole bunch of guards. We had mentioned that last time. Yeah. And then I'd even said to you, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to kill the Baron at some point because, you know, he's going to be mad about this and there's nothing I can do. So I do the sneaky path and get into his, his fort Yeah, because as a consequence of killing those people, they won't let you actually in. You have to take the long way around. Exactly. And so I talk to the Baron, and he sure knows who I am, and he wants me to go find his wife and daughter. And essentially, he tells me that, you know, they were taken in the night, or they left in the night, or something. He's not 100% sure. Come to find out that there was, like, a struggle. I mean, it, it seemed pretty quick that things were not as they seemed. Which is kind of a standard for quests in this game. (laughs) That there's almost always more to the story than you originally get. There was a hole in the wall. There, There was a place in the wall where a painting once stood. When you find that painting and you look behind it, there's like a hole. So somebody was clearly trying to cover something up, and this was in the Baron's wife's room. My thought process at the time is, well, this has to be the Baron because... How on earth did he not notice that that painting was moved? Right, yeah. It was very clear to me that something was off from the beginning. And so then you find, but at the same time, you find out that Siri was there and the Baron helped her. I don't know if you find this part out yet or not. No, that's right. Because you actually go out and you get, you get information on her, on his wife and daughter first. 
Mm-hmm. So you go out and you talk to the hunter guy, and then he tells you where his wife and daughter is at. And, and it turns out, well, well, through a random series of events, I think I'm out of order. Yes, you are. I think I'm out of order. Because <laughs> first you go to the uh, soothsayer after you search the place. Oh, that's right. And then you have to go get his goat or something. Yes. Princess. And at least he didn't. At least they didn't make you sacrifice the goat the way we both thought was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they were like, yeah, I need a live body. I'm like, so is that what I brought Princess back for? But Not no. the first time I fought a bear, by the way. Yeah, same here. At least that bear's cave had some nice stuff, though. Yeah, and there was... When I when I was walking through, I actually fought the bear on the way to Princess, and then I fought a whole group of wolves just because... I've been around the woods enough in video games to know that that's going to come up. Though usually, (laughs) when you fight something ahead of time, it won't spawn until the actual quest, so sometimes they'll end up respawning. Mm -hmm. But in this case, when I walked by, Geralt said, hey, there's that bear's cave, and the goat kind of ran to the cave because there were strawberries or raspberries or whatever that the guy told you to watch out for. And... He mentions, glad I fought that bear first. It might have been a trouble if I came through and hadn't seen it. Yeah, that was a detail that I specifically made note of as well, that that's really cool that the game not only let you do that in advance, but also that there was specifically custom dialogue for that scenario. Yeah, and it seems to me, it kind of seems there's like a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's one of my biggest impressions going into this, or as I've played this game so far is... It really feels like the level of of detail of a lot of these things is really impressive. And and one of the things that I've really really enjoyed is just his undying sarcasm whenever <laughs> yeah. he's talking to people. It's so great. I, I I love hitting one of those question box and Geralt's just like, "Oh, really? Was it bad? Good job." It just like. So you shouldn't have fought the Griffin. (laughs) Congratulations, genius. Maybe you should leave it to the professionals. My favorite is when he tries to tell somebody something and they're like, that's just a myth. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yep, I'm sure you're right. (laughs) Oh, the the wild hunt. I think he does that to Karametz. Oh, because that's another thing. He does it to several people because he does it to the Baron at one point, too. Well, because that's actually the very first thing I did. Is I, I I walked around with Kara. We totally forgot about that whole thing. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was just figured we'd do the Baron thing and then switch to the Witch thing because they when they Kara was first. Yeah, I mean you don't true. even get the Baron or the Witch quest no, until that's, you that's go not true, through because Kara is the beginning of the Witch quest because he thinks it's her originally. Oh well, that's the very first thing I did. So yes, but anyway, well, I, I okay, fine. We'll we'll get back to Kara in a minute. So I am going through and. After you get some information and Geralt kind of talks to the Baron about everything he's seen and turns out essentially the Baron went into a drunken rage and beat his wife. And this is not the first time that this has happened. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I really don't want to help you at all, but I have to because I need information on Siri and you're not going to give it to me. Because you basically lied about all of these circumstances. And I'm finding out quickly that this game is so much darker than I thought it was. 
It, yeah, I mean, I've played the first two, and there was all, already like a lot of uh, dark resolutions to quests or quests that have no good answer. But three definitely feels like it's really ramped that up a lot. And then the way that you actually go find his wife is it turns out she miscarried and it and it is implied that it was entirely his fault. Basically, it's implied that he beat her. She fell down the stairs and she miscarried as a result. So then the next morning, because this is immediately after the Baron talks about how he finds the fetus in the bed or whatever. And I am just now realizing that we're ha- we're going to have to do a content warning at the beginning of this. Yeah, I was just thinking that because this is like some dark stuff. There's probably going to be content warnings for a lot of these episodes. <laughs> I know that's not something we've really done so far, but this game is like, yeah, we, we haven't dark. really had anything come up. That's really warranted that I don't think, but yeah, we're definitely going to need to this time. So, Moving forward from that, it, you find out that in order to find his wife, you either need to sacrifice the fetus or turn it into a Loboken. Lubberkin. L- a Lubberkin, which is basically a helpful spirit, which will then watch over you. And, it, and, and the reason why this thing goes nuts is because the Baron didn't even bother to give it a proper burial. This is or a un- name. born child. He didn't give it a name or a proper burial. He just buried it off to the side and just left it. So it turned into this grotesque looking monster thing and started, you know, it was once it built up its strength, it was going to seek out pregnant mothers and suck away their life energy. I think that was actually what it did first. And I think that's supposed to be why there were so many missing people in all those posters and stuff. Oh, because what Geralt said was that that was how it built up its strength. And then it was going to go after the Baron. Got it. And I think it had just gotten to the point where it was going to when we re- like at, when we get to that point in the quest. So how did you resolve it? Oh, I definitely um, turned it into the Leberkin, the the botchling, uh, because at this point, less because I wanted to do anything good for the Baron, because he was very insistent he didn't want us to kill the botchling. He wanted to try to make it. He wanted. To, uh, I think he said like do. Ru- She's already suffered enough. Let's try to do this, you know. Please don't kill her. Well, and that was my exact thought process. It wasn't for him. It was for, yes, I agree, the child has suffered, and I would like for it to have something better. Exactly. I would much rather have the child actually get some peace than just kill it as a monster. So I, I did the exact same thing. And then, after all of this, the Baron... He seems genuinely remorseful for what happens and understands at this point that it is entirely his fault and he has to make changes. It's interesting because even before you get to this section, when you're in the castle and talking to the uh, ambassador, whoever it was that gets you that strategy thing, one of the first things the ambassador says is that the Baron's a terrible person and you should avoid him if at all possible, which of course, obviously I knew immediately meant we weren't going to be able to avoid him, but that's... (laughs) Because video games. Yeah, I thought we were just going to end up killing him right. because we dispatched his soldiers. And then you meet him, and yeah, you get that Im- Im- immediate impression, especially as you realize he, you know, beat his family and stuff. Yeah, he's absolutely a terrible person. But the game managed to pull off something I did. I would not have thought was possible, and I wouldn't say even now. You know, I wouldn't say I like the Baron, but it actually made him kind of sympathetic even while not shying away from the fact that he's actually a really bad dude and that 
that is why I'm so conflicted with this whole storyline because what he's done is unforgivable. And the thing is, for me, I don't know if I could ever f- forgive anybody for something like that, for, for, for what he's done, whether he's remorseful or not. But then at the same time, I'm basically saying that people don't have the capacity to change. And that's also not the message I want to have. So I'm I'm incredibly conflicted with with the Baron in general, because what he has done is abhorrent. But I guess does that warrant he can literally never come back from that? I I really don't know because and, I've never been in that situation. But it's to the game's credit that it actually even makes you think about this because they portrayed the Baron, in my opinion, complexly and well enough to even give you these thoughts at all because it would have been really easy to just make him either completely sympathetic or a complete monster and not get this more complex feeling of you know like i'm not really sure what to make of it and like i i've been really impressed with the writing in the um particularly in the main quests in this game a lot in terms of making me have to think about things that most games i would never have to even consider yeah i i i don't think anyone's ever made in a video game made me feel bad for a character like this and there are times where i i felt bad for him especially when when his daughter becomes a lumberkin and she names it Dea. Yeah. Um, that whole moment. And then he's like, he's sitting there and he goes, I want to stay with you. And Geralt's like, no, get out of here. Go home, go inside. At this point, there's nothing left for you to do. And all we do is wait, but that's how you get the lead to go track down his wife and daughter, Mm -hmm. which eventually leads you to a fisherman. And the fisherman, even though he he what he decided is he went against the Baron because it turns out the Baron's daughter, Tamara, had helped his family in the past. Her their I think their son was sick and going to die. And then I think his wife had some other issues or something else as well. And Tamara ended up helping both of them. And because of that, the fisherman more because of his wife was like, hey, man, they really helped us. It's time for you to give back. Yeah. And like, as Geralt said, you married a very wise woman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. even the fisherman openly admitted he would not have done it if not for his wife. <laughs> and, I mean, the fisherman has a good point. When you're talking about something like this where the Baron is evil, despicable, and you know that, and he constantly flies into drunken rages, it's like... Why on earth would you want to go against that man, even yeah. to help his wife and daughter, which I would like to hope that if I was in that situation, I knowing what the Baron was doing, I don't care. I don't care. I am not just going to stand back and watch it happen because, I think again, that- it's just despicable. And I don't know if the fisherman knew what was going on or not, he especially does- because he wasn't in the town. He does mention that everybody, it, it was an open secret that everybody knew he beat his wife. Yeah. And. At that point, I'm sorry, fisherman, you should have done it, whether your wife suggested it or not. You should have just helped. It should not even have been a question, and you shouldn't have admitted to anyone that it was a question. Because, of course, if his wife shows up on your door, yeah, I'll definitely help you. If that means I have to move away to get away from this guy, too, you know, I'm poor, I'll make it work, but, like, I am going to help you. Unfortunately... 
things still suck for the Baron's wife because some monster attacks them out of nowhere, carries her off, and Tamara ends up going to live with this dude's brother. Which again, like, did you go see? I'm you. I know you finished it, so you went to go see his brother. Yeah, his brother is living in like the lap of luxury. He's got so much to, I looted his house so bad. I loot everybody's house. I super looted the Baron's house. I looted his house immediately, right in front of his face, and he didn't even do anything. I'm like, well, you just assume that you deserve all of this looting for clearly not helping your super poor brother. Yeah, his house was full of very nice things. <laughs> and so then you you find out that Tamara is linking up with the guardian the, the eternal flame the church of the eternal flame which was in the first game um is one of the main factions and i mean it seems like a pretty obvious you know catholic church type parallel uh but they're the guys who are fighting the scoyatel in the first game and that's one of the two factions you have to choose between um and but yeah tamara is pretty clearly very heavily religious like you can see it in her room when you're investigating and things like that so her joining up with them and to her credit, she's part of the reason she joins up with them is specifically to try to get their help to go find her mother. After the, after that, whatever that was, took her away. Yeah. So, and at that point, the, the leads kind of go cold and there's really nothing left you can do so you until, switch up, you, until later on. Yeah. At that point, you pretty much have to go do the stuff with the witch because you can't, you can't get any farther in the Baron's quest. So, so I actually did Kara Metz first before I did the Baron. And then when she told me, you know, once we finished everything, she told me about where I needed to go next. Because of the level, I was like, oh, I'll just do the Baron first. Yeah, same here. Karen or Kara is, I'm not really sure what she was getting out of coming with me. I have never played the other game, so I didn't really I, know her character I at all. I believe, if I remember correctly, she, uh, she was like the royal sorcerer advisor to King Foltest before he died. And I know, I know she was the advisor to somebody, and I think it was King Foltest. Yeah, I don't, I have no idea. But I think they told us, but I, well, I don't remember. They, they mentioned her being an advisor. I don't think they specifically mentioned which king, and like five kings die in the second game. So that could have been any of them, but I'm pretty sure it was Foltest. What is it with baths in this game? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that people living in this time, I mean, I guess rich people, are constantly taking baths, but like... <laughs> That's true, yeah, because we've had two bath scenes with Geralt, then we had a bath scene with Kara. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Where she's just, where he's like, oh, you know, what am I going to get out of helping you? And she's like, oh, you already got a pleasant sight. And I'm like, I mean, okay, but I mean, I need, like, tell me about Siri. That's what I care about. Yeah, uh, because because we went there because we thought it was her, because that's really the only witches that we had even known about at that point. Yeah, so everybody in the area is talking about Kara is basically the only witch in the area that they know of, so Geralt immediately assumes it's her because he already had information that Ciri had a run-in with a witch. Exactly. So, essentially, you once you track her down, you end up, you, you find out that she's, a, essentially, she, she knows that there's this elf guy that is, apparently has information on Ciri. I don't know if it was clear at the time if she knew there was information on Siri or not. I think, uh, I think she was. said that I think she said that he had been asking about her. Okay. So then we go to track him down in this whole cave ruin system. 
And you run into the wild hunt. Yep. And they're there before you because... Which I think Kara is specifically the one that says, what? They don't even exist. And he's like, well, you're looking at them. Yeah. So don't know what to tell you. Yeah, she does. Uh, (laughs) And so you go on this whole thing to basically try to beat the wild hunt to the elf who has clearly left messages for Siri to try to find him. And the messages are things that only Geralt would know. Realistically, they were messages that were only meant for Siri, but because Geralt knew so much about her, he was able to decipher the messages as well. Right, which I thought was a very nice touch to help explain, like, you know, why he's... I just thought that was good, because a lot of times there's that question of how did nobody else ever figure this stuff out? Well, yeah, it's because, like, who else knows what she named her horse? I mean, she was a kid when all this happened. Only Geralt would know that. And... When you go down a wrong path, you end up fighting enemies and stuff. And in there, in that area, was the first time I actually ran across an Earth Elemental, which it was possible to beat. Yes, it was a much lower level than the other Earth Elementals we've seen. Hence why I went after the one, because I'm like, listen, I have the enhanced Elemental Potion. I can take him. (laughs) No, I couldn't. So... Anyway, so the Wild Hunt still gets to the end before you, and then you have to fight one of them. Yeah. That was a very painful boss fight. I actually lost the first time because I thought it was one of those things where you couldn't beat it. Because you have to kill him, essentially, three times. Because once his health gets down to a certain point, he summons a whole thing and immediately gets all of his health back. Yep. And that ended up that ended up happening three times. He completely destroyed me, so then I had to go back and prepare a lot more for the fight. Yeah. So I that's probably the first time that I uh almost broke down and started using potions. I actually didn't in this fight, but then I almost very shortly after that wound up doing it. Um but I don't understand why you weren't using potions. I don't know. I just only because I was saying that I wasn't going to. Uh, that was a lot of it, yes. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you change the way you play games just because I'm going to gloat on the podcast about how I didn't use a potion? But now, the the whole alchemy system is so engaging. I'm probably not going to spend any points on it in general, but it's so engaging that I'm thinking to myself, why wasn't I doing this before? Yeah, so anyway... I did beat that guy, obviously, after, I think it took a couple tries, but, so the elf isn't there, but you get information, and Kara points you towards the crones of Crookback Bog. Well, first off, she asked you to then help her get something back from him. Yes. And you ended up, there was an area, so she had the whole illusionary stone thing. Did you backtrack because there was a giant illusionary stone thing in there as well? That had a whole bunch of goodies inside of it. I did not. I I should have, I guess, clearly. <laughs> you just don't, you don't explore enough, man. Oh, I'm constantly exploring. I ran across this whole thing that it looked like a giant shell of some sort that had like these spike things coming out of it. And when I walked up to it, I'm thinking, what on earth? What can I do? Why can't I get through this? So then when she gave me the whole illusionary thing to get rid of that wall, I just went back and thought to myself, ah, maybe it'll work. Maybe it's something like this, or maybe it's something I have to get later in the game. Nope, sure enough, it was that, and it immediately dissipated, and I got a whole bunch of good items from it. 
I mean, I explore, but yeah, I don't usually backtrack once I've already cleared the area, and that was clearly my my mistake here. Yeah, but if you use your Witcher senses, it obviously wasn't a clear area because there was the whole thing lit up like the freaking sun. I don't remember even seeing that, so I must have missed that wall or not Witcher sensed it anyway. Yeah, you. It's probably you probably didn't explore as much because I did do some additional exploring later, and I ran into a gargoyle, and that wasn't fun because Carol wasn't with me at the time. She was standing in a hallway going, Geralt, what are you doing? Get back here. Like, Please, Please help. Me. help. <laughs> this is not going well. You remember that earth elemental? Well, this is a gargoyle and it's not a good time. It's the same level, level 14, and I'm having a bad time. And again, I did this first before the Baron. So I had to have been six or seven at this point. Yeah. I think I hit eight after that, and I'm fighting a level 14 Earth Elemental, admittedly, with Kara's help. And she did, she was a lot of help in that fight, because she blasts it pretty good. Well, that, and it was more the fact that she kept slowing it down, so then you could get behind it and do additional damage. Right, and also just a second target for it to look at. And fighting the Gargoyle, which was also 14, did not go well, because I didn't have her, and I was... Level seven. It was double my level. I'm like, yeah, this sucks. I died and just immediately went back. I'm like, I'm not. There's no way I can fart the. Gar- there's no way I can fart the gargoyle. <laughs> there's no way I can fight the gargoyle. Yeah. So once you get her magic lamp, that opens up a whole like chain of side quests. Which I don't know if you did any of those or not. But no, not yet. I I've been pretty busy this week, and I really only had time to do the story level stuff. Yeah. I'm going to b- try to burn through a lot of side quest stuff this week. So just, yeah, I've been that's what I've been doing a lot of, just to try to prep for the next area, because I'm concerned that it's going to stomp my face if I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am going to try to do almost every single area, and if I can't beat the monster like this wyvern, I'm definitely going to see if I can run in, grab its loot, and then leave. So, back to the crones. Yeah, so, the crones, which at this point you've already, at least the way we've done it, have already heard about a little bit because you get um, to play a Siri. Yeah, which we haven't mentioned at all. You, we do get our first uh, tastes of playing a Siri in... Oh, after the Baron fight, yeah. Yeah. And I can't believe I didn't mention that. First of all, you spoiled it for me, which I'm mad about. He sends me this text message going, Oh, hey, at least you're going to get to play a Siri soon. And I'm like, you took that away from me. I would have been so much happier... After the whole horribleness with the Baron going down, knowing that suddenly I'm going to get to play a Siri. But unfortunately, I knew it the entire time, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I have to look forward to that while I'm dealing with this doucher. See, I guess I just don't understand that level of thing being a spoiler. Because you knew how much I like magic, and you knew how excited I was to play a Siri. Yeah, so So yeah, that's a spoiler. Oh, okay, I guess I just don't understand that. Because I of- want to experience becoming Siri for the first time on my own. Every time Siri comes up, I want it to be excitement. Like, oh, yes, I get to see more of Siri. Not, oh, well, I know it's going to happen because Andrew's already ruined it for me. You had to know it was going to happen in general, though. No, I didn't. I didn't know that we were going to f- come up as Siri already. We had thought. The last time that we were, we had 
theorized that what they were going to do was give you glimpses of Siri. I I didn't know that meant you got to play as her during those glimpses. I mean, you got to play as her at some point. When did you think that was going to work? That's what I thought the whole time. I figured it would work later when you caught up to her and maybe Geralt got kidnapped or something and then you had to play as her. I didn't just assume that these flashbacks were going to be her adventures. Don't get me wrong. I like that. And I'm really happy that they did that still. Yeah, it may not be a spoiler, but don't take away magic users from me, Andrew, that I want to be an exciting little treat that I wasn't expecting. Okay. Yeah, and you sitting there, I can tell that you don't even agree at all. But that's fine. I'm going to look up a whole bunch of spoilers for this game and just be like, oh, yeah, it turns out Geralt loses a foot later, and you have to have a mechanical foot. That actually happens. I'm telling you right now, mechanical foot, Geralt, (laughs) and then you get a rocket launcher on your foot that you get to play with for the rest of the game, and it's really sweet. And good. guess what? That happens because... You know, Siri comes in and cuts off his foot on accident because she doesn't understand how to control her powers yet. Screw you. I guess I just don't understand. And I guess this is just a philosophy thing. And maybe I'm, you know, the weird one here. And that's entirely possible. But talking about what happened in the Siri section. Yeah, I would agree would have been a spoiler. But just say, hey, you get to play a Siri strikes me as really strange that that would be. I just I guess I just don't understand how that's a spoiler. I just genuinely don't. And it may not be a spoiler, but it is in the sense of this is going to immediately happen after the Baron stuff. That's what you told me. Right after the Baron quest, at least you get to play as Siri. That was the text message you sent to me. I don't think I said it like that. You want me to waste all of our time and look it up right now? Because that's what I'll do, and I'm putting the silence in there. <laughs> I am look. I am going to find it, and there's just going to be nothing but silence as you ruin and it generally stuff like that would not be a spoiler to me at all because i generally don't care about spoilers but this is just such a treat you knew how excited i was for it just don't mention it let it happen naturally literally all i said was got to play as siri for a bit too no 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 that was after i had told you that i had beaten the garen or that i had beaten the baron no because if you had beaten the baron it couldn't possibly have been a spoiler dude i said Oh, it was after it was after the bath scene with Kara. And you had told me earlier that day from talking that you had you had done that and you were in the process of doing the Baron. You had told me that over the phone. And then I said <laughs> from Kara's perspective, oh, I hear Geralt's in town. I better hop in the bath just in case he drops by, which I thought was pretty funny and you had no reaction to. And then you said, yes, I already started last night. I got to play a Siri for a bit, too. And then I mentioned later, yeah, I guess that's after the Baron. And you're like, yeah, it is. I Again, like, I, okay, sorry. All I'm saying I guess. is, don't mention the Siri parts to me. Anything else, you can tell me that Geralt dies. I do not care. I only care about Siri. If you if you were to tell me that I'm going to get to see Yennefer in like 10 minutes, I'm also going to be mad because I want that. I want the things that I want to happen in this game. I just want to be a delightful little surprise because the whole game has been depressing as hell. Okay, well, I, I won't mention Siri ever again then to you. You better know. You can mention Siri after. You can essentially you can speak when spoken to. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, you're right. It's probably not a spoiler, but things like that, I just, I want to come across things like that naturally. And am I really mad about it? No, not really. I don't really care. I just had to take you to task for it because at the time I was like, oh, come on, man. I just want to, I know I really want to play a series, but I, I don't want to know that it's going to happen immediately. Okay. Well, I won't mention it going from, from now on. You can mention, I don't care anymore. It already happened. It was it was the fact that we hadn't played as her yet, and I didn't know when we were going to get to, and I wanted to get to that point. Oh, my God. You just don't get it. That's no, fine. You just don't understand. That's fine. When there's something that you really, really like later, like Outer Wilds, do you want me to spoil the ending to Outer Wilds for you right now? That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how this is even remotely the same is what I'm getting at. It is. Re- Be- what if I told you some... Because I didn't tell you what happened with Siri. I it just doesn't said, matter hey, what happened you get to, to Siri. play as Siri. In the ga- if I told you that in Papers, Please, Jory eventually gets through, isn't that, albeit a little one, a spoiler? What, what, what we're talking about that- is basically like... It, Georgie exists in terms of level of spoiler, though. We had already established that you got to play a Siri. I didn't know when, though. You just don't get it, Andrew, and that's okay. You don't have to get it. But okay. what you do have to get is the fact that if you ever do it again... You literally just said you didn't care anymore. You're right. I don't care anymore. I'm literally only getting... I'm only arguing at this point because you don't understand. And it's not even an argument because I really just don't care anymore. So we've just wasted 10 minutes of everybody's time. <laughs> yeah, so let's get back to the crones of Kirk Beckbog. Because this whole point of this podcast is to spoil the game for everybody. I mean, the whole point is for people to play along with us, but I don't know if that's actually happening or not. I hope it is, but nobody like tweets at me about it, but I literally never tweet anyway. So, I mean, that's more on me. We're very lonely. Please talk to us. I, I don't, you you don't have to talk. To, it's specifically Andrew is lonely. I'm good. Just don't <laughs> tell me when, when Siri's going to come up or I will immediately block you. <laughs> if you tell me that Siri dies, not only will there be a, an immediate ban, but I will also come find you and I will give you a swift uh, kick to your shin. <laughs> it won't be like bad. But it'll be just annoying enough to be like, I know I did wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the crooks. So back to the crooks of Crunkshank, whatever. (laughs) Crookback bog place. (laughs) You get there and everything sucks. I mean, that's kind of a running theme for the game. What a surprise that everything sucks. You run into an older lady who clearly has no idea what's going on and a bunch of kids who are orphans that she's taking care of which all i've heard so far is parents are over and over basically sending their kids off into the woods they're like follow the candy and just wing it presumably to never see the kids again so it's kind of nice to know that at least some of them are being taken care of in this little town thing which is actually why I brought up Siri originally, because, yeah, that's when you kind of first learn about that is because she finds a girl who had been sent down the candy trail. And Siri, or Siri even asks her, you know, well, what happened? 
what happens to the kids who get there? Well, n- none of them ever come back because it's just there's so much to eat there. Why would you ever need to? And, yeah, I, which and of is course, immediately not super ominous at all. Right, it immediately sets off every alarm bell in your head. So then you come across. So so basically, everybody refuses to help you. Everybody straight up refuses to help you. But one kid, you're able to essentially trick the grandmother into going outside. And one of the children tells you about Johnny, who is some sort of creature, a godling, whatever that is. Yeah, I don't really have any idea what that is, but it, I mean, he seemed friendly. Yeah, Johnny seemed incredibly friendly. And apparently there aren't many of them left. Maybe people just... It kind of, especially since the Witcher doesn't really mind him at all, it kind of implies that he was just like another intelligent race that people just didn't understand because they look different. They kind of, they kind of look like dark elves, so to speak, because I don't really have another distinction. And, uh, I mean, people are already super prejudiced against elves and dwarves, so finding out they were also prejudiced against these people would not at all be a shock. Yeah, exactly. And so they, it looked, it kind of seems like most of their kind has kind of died out, but he can't talk. And you go through this quest to kind of help him get his voice back, which is the first kind of indication that these crones are apparently powerful enough to just take someone's voice away. Because he essentially says that the, he upset the crones and they took his voice. Yeah. So he helps you. So you quickly get the impression that these are not people you want to mess with. <laughs> exactly. And he says that he's going to help you to kind of convince Gran to help you figure out where Siri is. And by that, Gran was going to help you contact the crones. But he kind of he walks into the village and he kind of starts singing. And I'm not sure if the game is trying to imply that she just likes the sound of his voice or singing in general, or if he has some sort of like soothing magic that when he sings, it kind of helps knock her out of her confusion. I kind of got the impression it was a little bit of both. That's what I, that's what I thought, but I, I wasn't sure because it didn't seem like there was any sort of magicalness going on, but it kind of, the game to me implied that there was some magicalness that he kind of had. And that might be why people don't like them. Because if they thought they were being influenced by their songs or whatnot, maybe that's why there isn't a whole lot of them left. But again, Johnny seemed like a really nice, nice guy, and he was very helpful and everything. But so Grand takes you into the room where you you see this tapestry of what are presumably the crones of the bog. And they essentially tell you that this whole town is experiencing some magical nightmare thing that you need to go deal with and yeah there's a problem in yeah this town on the edge of the bog and go help them and they give you a dagger i didn't actually ask why i did what what does she say because it was it was their symbol so that would be how he would know that you were with from them yeah that's i don't know why it would be a dagger or anything like that so okay cool i guess i'm just gonna bring this dagger with me and then when you get there and you kind of talk to the guy, you immediately show him the the dagger and he's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, master. I didn't know you were with them. Which, from my perspective, as Geralt, I'm like, um, no, I'm not with them. They just hired me to do a job. Yeah, that's the same thing I said. I'm like, I'm not with anyone. Yeah, like, no, dude, I'm not with them. So you go through a whole bunch of stuff and you get to this really messed up tree heart looking thing. 
the question I have for you is, what did you do? Yeah, so the tree heart thing wants you to free it and implies that the crones trapped her here for something that happened way back in the past. Uh, also says she was a member of a druid circle and had been like a rival sort of thing to them. And basically every part of the situation is bad as far as I was concerned. I mean, like, I super didn't trust the crones, but I also really didn't trust this thing. And this thing did seem like it had actually been killing stuff because the, um, I mean, people were actually dying and stuff from this tree's influence. So my reaction was, even if they're bad, I'm not sure you're any better. And so I wound up killing it. So I don't know if I agree with not thinking the crones were worse, because from my perspective, we already knew several things. We knew that many, many kids have been taken into the woods and never seen again. Presumably, you know, not Jack and Hansel and Gretel, where yeah, exactly. kids like, follow candy and they get eaten by a witch. Right. Like that, that was the obvious uh, connection I was making to. Yeah, there are a bunch of kids in that orphanage, but for as long as this has apparently gone on, not nearly as many as I would have expected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I knew something was definitely up there for sure. And on top of that, we knew that Siri had a run in with the crones. So I kn- I had a pretty good indication that these crones were really bad news. I didn't know enough about that thing because essentially what it was saying over and over was nature is protecting me because I'm trying to protect it. And it has no distinction between man and woman or whatever. And it you kind of get the idea that the villagers have been trying to kill this thing for a while because they went out to the tree to try to bring bodies back and try to dispatch whatever this is. So the villagers were clearly trying to do something about it because he had even mentioned that when you went into details with him. Yeah. So at that point, it was almost just protecting itself. And I super did not trust the crones at all. So I set it free. Don't have any idea if that was a good decision. Yeah, neither do I. And like That's the thing is I the whole time I've been like, I don't really know if that was the right thing to do. And once again, to the game's credit, compared to basically every other RPG where the good guy answer and bad guy answer are really clear, it is nowhere near as clear in this game. So you go back, and I was not expecting to see the horrors that I saw, because these crones, wow. Yeah. I was pretty ha- especially after the dude cut his ear off, and that's apparently how they listen to everything that's going on in this whole bog. Yeah, as soon as that guy... So- that's the payment uh, that the the crones were expecting is he takes the dagger and cuts his ear off. And pretty much as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, no. Like, I, I already was very concerned and then immediately went to, okay, I feel like the situation is getting a whole lot worse than I thought it was. Yeah. And those crones look super mega evil. I mean, I guess you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but... Pretty sure those kids are going to die. So let's let's go ahead and yeah, talk. Yeah, there was a pretty clear indi- implication that the kids uh, were about to get eaten. The orphanage kids. So why don't you go through what happened for you? In this section? Through the end of the Baron quest line. Because okay. at this point, our paths deviated. Because I didn't kill it and you did. Okay, so I went back and talked to the crones and... They told me how I had done good and dealt with a, 
an evil in the woods, which immediately made me go, oh no, I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) And they told me about Siri and how they had wanted to eat her and she ran away. (laughs) They also wanted to surrender her to the wild hunt. Yes, which it was interesting because it implied that they were scared of the wild hunt, despite clearly being very powerful. Because they wanted to eat her, but then established that they couldn't have more than a nibble because if they did, the wild hunt would have been very angry and they did not want that. (laughs) So from this, I gather that these are super mega evil. Right. Anyway, so you get another brief series section of her escaping the bog, which leads directly into where she found that kid, I believe. But anyway, so, I mean, that's more or less the end of that. That's when Geralt realizes that the wife, the Baron's wife, was the grandma because he sees the symbols on her hands as basically the exact same thing that happened to me except they called me a traitor but still said i was a brave soldier or whatnot and they said oh you're a traitor like how dare you you're never going to catch up to siri she's always going to be a ghost in the wind for you uh they told me that i will catch up to her but then she'll die wow that's cool yeah that or rather that i think what they said was you won't catch her and if you do it will be the end of her so it might have been the same thing because all I kind of stopped listening to them because I'm like, this is this sucks. These people are terrible. Yeah, I'm sure I'm a traitor, but I released whatever this thing is. Well, so for me, the major difference is the fact that the horse kept its word and the kids got away and they mentioned they're going to punish Gran. The kids did or oh, the witches. The crones. Yeah. So go ahead and continue your Baron story. Okay, so I come back. Um, at, at, when, when you go back to the Baron and report on the situation, that it, you get the la- that that completes it in terms of the main story. And from here, you can leave. But he asks if you would be willing to go with him to help retrieve his wife, which absolutely I did, of course. And and this is now classified as a side quest at this point. But so I go back and go with him. And this is the other part where uh, Geralt does does that same oh no they're real thing with the baron because the baron makes a comment of the villagers are talking about these crones of the bog and ah it's just a myth or whatever and goes like no they're real you'll see soon enough and get, the baron just keeps saying ah you know probably some my witch casting some fear spell on them or whatever and goes like mm-hmm. yeah no bro mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super not good so you march with the baron and his men through the bog to get to the the village and when you get there, uh, Tamara and the witch hunters are also there, and they get into an argument about what they're going to do about the wife and ask for Geralt's opinion uh, before you even actually find her. They just argue about like who's she going to go with because neither of them wants to let the other person take them. And I basically just said, look, we don't have time for this. We need to find her, and then we can worry about that. I found her. Um, she was in the the building with the tapestry of the crones, and she was just sort of sitting on the floor talking to herself like clearly in it's been pretty clear she's probably gone a little loopy (laughs) to put it mildly from the beginning since she didn't seem like she had any idea what was really happening and it was just worse now she wasn't physically harmed or whatever she was just even more um loopy and they pull her out and then she start you know rambles about how she's sorry and they're gonna kill her and they're gonna kill everybody and then you get into a boss fight where the crones send a fiend, the thing that originally kidnapped her, which is just this giant monster thing. Um, it was actually really cool. And a bunch of drowners. And then the Baron, basically Tamara gets told by the church that she can't take her mother because she has 
because she signed up, she now has these obligations and they rescued her and now she needs to go and, you know, basically be a witch hunter and like or whatever she is she signed up for. And the Baron takes his wife to go find a cure and Geralt gives a little thing that really impl you got a, a, a bit that was narrated by Geralt, which is something that the first two games have done a lot of that kind of is the epilogue for the quest arc, where he implies that the Baron has actually changed and, you know, most people hire witchers for coin, thinking they'll solve a problem, but very few people think that the, the Witcher is going to solve your own, like, solve problems with you as the Baron is carrying his wife out. And it implied about as good of an ending as I think I could have gotten out of it for them. So that's not what happened to me. I gathered. I mean, obviously not with the good ending of, oh no, those poor kids. Obviously that part's terrible, but like for the for the pl- the main story players of the quest, I think the Baron and his family got as happy of an ending as it is possible to get. Yeah, because the alternative is what I'm about to talk about. So I get there again. Tamara's there again. They argue about everything, and and part of the reason, part of the reason why I'm still like not a hundred percent that the Baron has actually changed is you also find out the reason why he's so mad at her is because she basically is telling him over and over and over that he's worthless, he sucks, and that she killed the love of his life because he did. She was. She was laying with another man yeah, well, while he was away, and he came back and immediately slaughtered that dude as yeah. soon as he saw him. Yeah, that was part of the resolution of it that I, we, we kind of uh, skipped over, so that's my bad. So, Tamara, he kind of says, he's looking at the Witcher, and he goes, yeah, you know, I've changed, right, Witcher? And I'm like, dude, A, I don't care. B, we need to find your wife. This is unimportant. That's the exact same option I chose. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was the exact same conversation we had. And I, yeah, I was just like, we don't have time for this, basically. She's also in the room with the tapestry. And she's now a monster old hag looking thing. Oh. So, water hag, she looks exactly like that. But she's not, she's docile. She's not attacking us or anything like that. Oh. So, they're kind of standing out there arguing what to do about it. And... Geralt gets the idea to go talk to Johnny to see if he knows what happened. So you go out, you find Johnny, and there's a bunch of water hags and stuff in there because it turns out he was punished for speaking out against when this whole thing was happening to Gran, he was with her and she told him, run, they're coming. So he gets in like a treasure box and she, the crones come in and they essentially start, take a bit of her hair and start weaving her into a cursed doll and then he comes out and says, no, please don't do this. She's been kind to the kids. She did what she could. And they basically said, you better leave before you die. And so he immediately bolts out of there and then they send monsters after him. So I kill all the monsters that were near his hut. And then I use my Witcher senses to go find him. And he tells me all of this. I go back and we go down to deal with the curse. And it basically gives you this option of... Figuring out which doll is herbs, because of course there's multiple dolls, because of course these crones are terrible. Also, before that, you get to the village and the Baron is arguing with the elder guy there because the whole village has been burnt to the ground. Yeah, Turns that didn't happen out, for me either. Black Beauty, because when you have it inhabit the horse, that's name changes to Black Beauty, got revenge on all the villagers who were trying to kill it. But saved the children so so what actually happens to the children do we find out 
Well, there. No, we don't find out what happened. At least I don't know yet. But I mean, like, all I know is it said they were saved. Okay. When Geralt did his whole little thing at the end, it said, I saved the kids, but at what cost? Yeah. And turns out the costs aren't over yet. So I get out. We fight that giant boss thing. Mm -hmm. I think we actually fight the giant boss thing first, like right after we find out that she's been turned Mm -hmm. before I do all that other stuff. And yeah, that was an awesome fight. It was it like makes you go blind and like all you can see is like it's red eyes and stuff. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, that fight was so awesome. It, it was just just this giant mutated deer looking thing. And it was such a good fight. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I did, too. That was a really cool. Moment. There was tons of water hags. There was a rot fiend. There was a bunch of drowners like I had like an army. They were turns out they were super not happy with me. No, I mean, I had to fight all that stuff, too, but it, like that was the basically... Oh, well, you had only mentioned the Drowners. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, not... I don't think... Probably not as much. I had some Drowners and some Rafi, I don't, and I think, like, one Water Hag. I don't think it was nearly as much as what you're sounding like. I had three or maybe four Water Hags of Rot Fiend and, like, 10, 15 It's a good drowners. thing you had all those other people there to help, or that would have been a real bad fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, what I did is I focused on the big thing first. Yeah, me too. And I used protective shield. I started using the shield a lot, too. And that's helped me, especially for big bosses. Yeah, the Quinn. Yeah. So I looked, and that's what the crones were weak to. So I was definitely sitting on that one. <laughs> I found when you look at the dolls, basically, they weave something that means something to you. And I noticed that one of them was a violet hollyhook, which is something the Baron specifically tells you was her favorite flower. Right. So I didn't even look at the other flowers. I picked it up and then the game is like, are you sure? Because he has a whole conversation with the guy. And then Geralt says, yeah, I heard the Baron say at one point that this was her favorite flower. And I'm like, I'm not even going to look at the other ones. Yeah, I know this is it. I take it. I leave. Sure enough, she's human again. Unfortunately, that's not the end of the curse because she was either doomed to stay a creature forever and serve them that way or... The curse was going to take its course and kill her. Oh. So Anna dies. And the Baron essentially says, you'll find your money at the keep. I'm leaving. And Tamara kind of stands there and she's about to go off with the with the witcher group or the witch hunter group. And, you know, she's obviously upset about her mom. And then the guy says, you know, I'll give you a few minutes and we'll take the mom's body back so we can give her a proper burial. You get back to the keep, get your money, which... I wasn't going to take any money because at that point I'm like, yeah, um, don't really like any of the consequences of my actions. I saved some kids, but now your wife is dead. And that entire town. And admittedly, the town kind of got what they deserved because they were trying to kill this thing for a while. I'm not going to say they deserve to all die, but like that I'm willing to excuse a little bit because it's like if somebody tried to kill me, especially in this in that time period, I do that to bandits try to kill me and I don't give them any mercy all the time. So unfortunately, wife and kids aside, it's like, I don't really, I don't really know there. It's, I'm sorry, guys. Should you, you back the wrong horse, so to speak? Still not happy that they died because the people are literally just living how they live and they're only doing what they're told. So I'm going to have to backpedal and be like, yeah, they totally didn't deserve it at all because they're literally just, they're doing the only thing they know to do. So yeah, I kind of feel bad now, but 
thinking on it more as we're talking about it, I definitely feel a lot worse about that decision. But you get back and the sergeant's sitting there and you walk around the tree and the Baron has hung himself because he couldn't handle everything that had happened and the mistakes that he had made. And with his wife gone, he couldn't live with himself anymore. And the sergeant essentially implies, yeah, things are going to change around here. He had got really soft being here. So it also implies that now the sergeant has taken over. And I don't know if you went back there to talk to the sergeant at all. No, I'm going to have to go do that. Because I don't know if you're going to get the same message. But super implies that everything mega sucks now. And the kids are alive. And in Geralt's little thing, he mentions... I saved the kids, but seriously, at what cost? The cost of a village and the wife of and the life of the Baron and his wife. Yeah, so uh and after everything with the Baron, he was a bad dude. Neither him nor his wife deserve that. Specifically not his wife. And Yeah, I don't I would even agree. I don't think, yeah, the, the Baron deserved that because I mean he was a yes, he was a bad person, but he did genuinely seem like he was aware of his problems and wanted to do better. And he, he didn't deserve to just have it in like that. Well, and that's when I saw him there, it actually got me and I'm like, Oh no, I really screwed up because I'm like, I hate the Baron, but not like this. And I really, and that's why I've been so conflicted even now about the Baron, because I'm like that. And I don't know, like, I still don't know what the right answer is. I don't want a bunch of kids to die who still have their whole lives ahead of them versus a village and the Baron and his wife. Like, that should never be up to me. And it, I I don't know. I, I just, I'm having such a hard time with it because I don't like that decision. And that's also another reason why I'm giving you such a hard time about the Siri thing way more than I would have done because I wasn't super excited to talk about this bit. Yeah, um... Obviously, the kids dying is horrible, and I mean, it was very clear there was gonna be there was no happy ending here. Some bad things were gonna happen regardless. But I feel like I like my version better. I kind of do too, especially because there's a book that I don't know if you've gotten, but the book is She Who Knows. I think I do have that one. That is about her, and the book essentially talks about how there was this one super powerful. druid who was the leader of nature Mm -hmm. and makes three daughters out of water mud and you know essentially just random stuff I, i think i found that in the castle and it says that over millennia this druid woman because it mentions the three daughters the crones are older than the trees yeah johnny says that i think yeah, he does. It's older than anything else in the in the, the swamp. Essentially, over millennia, this druid, she who knows, the thing that I set free, went mad and started slaughtering everybody. And yep. because it was going to endanger the woods, the crones killed her, but her blood essentially became the life of the tree, and that's why her soul was kind of trapped in that tree. So, I don't know... Super not happy with my decision, but at this point, I'm just going to live with it because it is what it is. I'm Albeit the fact that I really, really want to reload the save that I definitely have before I made the decision 
and I'd really want to go back and do it all again. But at the end of the day, I'm basically saying I want to go back and kill a bunch of kids versus what happened. And I don't know if I'm okay with that either. Yeah. But like, I I feel like if I had made your decision, I would have been happier about it. But at the same time, I can't rewind knowing that a bunch of kids are going to die because of my actions. Yeah. This isn't. And also, you know, I shouldn't be able to do that anyway, because this isn't Prince of Persia. And that's kind of the mindset I'm trying to do, because and that's what The Witcher does a lot. The series has always had that reputation, like I said, even from the first game, of putting you in situations where all of your choices are bad ones, and you just kind of have to go with it. It's one of the side quests with uh, Kara after... It's actually specifically the, the very next one after you get the magic lamp with her, because what you need the lamp for to go cleanse this cursed island. And... You go there, and you can see there's a bunch of... You, you use the magic lamp to see and talk to ghosts, basically. And you you go through, and you see that, you know, something happened, and you see a bunch of... Basically, there was a noble family in this tower, and the peasants uh, raided it and attacked and killed the nobles. And now it's, like, haunted by the spirits of everybody who died. And you find, like, the princess, or the daughter of the lord, or whatever it was, and... She's still, they're all reliving their past memories, but she can actually talk to you and stuff. And something was definitely off, but she said she wanted to, you know, like she was in love with one of the peasants and basically that like to lift the cursed so she could be, have her peace, go give her bones to the peasant and he can be, give her a proper burial and that will, you know, put her at like permanent rest. Right. But something felt a little off, but I was still like. I have an inherent tendency in these games to want to be a good guy, and I I went ahead and agreed to do it, thinking that maybe, you know, there was a, still a good way to end this or whatever, even if something was slightly off. But no, you go and you give her you know, ex-lover the bones, and he clearly is upset and, you know, says, let me take care of this. And he had even like a, you know, a little uh, shrine to her in his place like he was clearly in love with her it was not like he was faking it or whatever and then you give him the bones and it says oh go report back and then as soon as you leave his house he screams and if you go back inside her ghost had murdered him and then she escapes so i'm like oh well that was not good (laughs) and that's the end of the quest you can't do anything else about it you just have this murderous ghost out there now (laughs) well i won't because i know not to do that yeah So, so you just so you just have a murderous ghost out there. Well, maybe. Hey, and then you in go that ghost ki- defense. You don't know. Maybe he was like baroning her, and he was a super bad dude, and she just wanted her revenge before she died. Well, and you go back to to Kira and explain the situation, and she's like, "Huh, you're losing your touch. You, I would have expected you to catch that." <laughs> and I'm like, "Ow." <laughs> yeah. Good job, Kara. So anyway, so. I think that is about going to sum it up, so let's go into expectations. What are your expectations going forward? Well, I expect to play a Siri more <laughs> and expect to not be told about it. <laughs> um, I, I don't really know because I know that for this next section, I'm really probably going to be doing a lot of side quests. And I don't really know what to expect in any of the side quests. So I would kind of expect that I'm just going to go around helping people because I kind of do the exact same thing. I really go out of my way to 
try to help people so much so that I don't take money when they ask me for it. And I generally help people without it expecting anything in return, because that's for the most part how I react in, in real life. And like you said, yeah, in this game, trusting every single person to be a nice guy, or like you said, in this game, trusting every single person and or entity to be nice isn't always the way to go. And sometimes you just have to be the witcher and not do something. With that in mind, had you not told me about that, I would 100% have released a murderous ghost out there too, but I'm definitely not going to now. (laughs) I mean, there were definitely signs that I could have seen. I just was like, well, you know, if I can end this in a way that puts her at rest or whatever, I I just wasn't expecting she was going to immediately murder that guy and then just escape or whatever. Like, that's just not how I thought it was going to go. I'm also expecting that I'm going to have a real awkward conversation with Triss because that's like the very next storyline level thing that you do. Yeah, the very first thing in the next area. I feel like that's going to be incredibly awkward, especially considering apparently in the first two games, Geralt slept with everybody including Triss. I was when I was looking at information for this game, I came across there were romance cards yep. in the first game. Yep, every person you slept with, you got like a trading and card. There was for them. a lot of them. Yes. So Geralt loses his memory and just goes buck wild on everybody. He's got to sow them wild oats apparently. And I I have a feeling it's going to be a very awkward conversation between me and Triss because my Geralt is 100% on board with the Yennefer train and super not cool with what Triss did. Because my gather, what I have gathered is that Triss and Yennefer were both friends of sorts. Yeah, I think they they were were aware of each other. They were from the same magic circle. Exactly. So Triss knew that Yennefer was married to Geralt. Geralt loses his memory, yet Triss knows that Yennefer's not dead, and Triss uses that opportunity to immediately jump on Geralt's bones. I kind of have a real problem with that. To me, doesn't paint Triss, Triss in a great light either way. No matter how Yennefer treated Geralt, which everyone in, in this game apparently universally agrees is not super great, Immediately betraying of the trust of both Geralt and Yennefer, more so Geralt when he didn't have his memory, kind of a really crappy thing to do. And I'm not really a big fan of Triss going into this because of that, because I, you know, being married kind of have a huge problem with that. Yeah. And I'm sure the impact of the Triss situation doesn't affect you nearly as much having not already spent two games with her because... For a lot of people coming in, you know, Triss is the person that Geralt is with, and so this other information is the stuff that's coming out of nowhere. Well, it's not my fault that those people completely ignored the books, knowing that he was married to Yennefer. Well, I mean, so did you. Well, exactly, but going into this game fresh, all I knew was Yennefer. If I had gone into the other games knowing Triss, I would probably like Triss a lot more, but knowing what she did when he lost his memory... I'm also not super cool with that. She takes advantage of the fact that he doesn't have a memory to be like, well, now here's my chance with Geralt. Even though Yennefer's very much still in the picture, just doesn't know that Geralt isn't dead. I'm kind of super not cool with that. Whether 
whether I go back and play the other Witcher games and build this massive relationship with Trish aside, apparently he builds a massive relationship with everybody because he sleeps with everyone in the first game. So what real attachment do I have at Trish in that case? Well, no, because he sleeps with everybody, but very few of them have any existence beyond just you sleeping with them other than Triss. <laughs> I understand that. I'm just saying, I don't know. It just, that whole, yeah, there probably is a huge portion of me that because I'm going fresh, I am on Yennefer's side because, you know, we're married. You know, if it's if it's an unhappy marriage from Geralt's perspective, then Geralt can leave her and go with Triss. And I'm expecting that there's an option for that in this game. But at the same time, it's like me knowing what Triss did, I kind of, I don't know. I'm just not cool with it. I'm super not cool with that. Especially because Yennefer... I haven't spoken with Triss at all yet in this game, but Yennefer is 100% on board with immediately finding and helping Ciri. And as the adopted daughter of Geralt, yeah, I want to find her too. And I super care about Ciri. So if Yennefer's on the same train with me, then yeah, at least right now, I'm sure Triss is not going to be like, oh, screw Ciri. You don't need to see her. But if she does, that would make my decision even more solidified. So what are your expectations? Well... Since I've already gotten, like I said, up to about level 12 and cleaned out some of the side quests, I'll still probably do a little bit more, but I'm definitely going to enter the next area and, yeah, begin that conversation with Triss that is probably going to be awkward for sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'm, how I'm going to wind up on that. I, I'll i see how the game plays out, but part of me almost wants to go with Triss just to see what the differences are, since I know, obviously, 100% you're going to go with Yennefer. I mean, you can play the game however you want. Oh, I want. know, but we'll, like I said, we'll see how my, my feelings are as I go. I would rather you make the decision based off of something that you're feeling than just, well, let's see what, let's talk about the differences on the podcast. I do not want that to be at all a decision maker from you, because we can easily just watch a video of what happens after you choose Triss and presumably sleep with her and, and or Yennefer when you choose her. Because I will I, say I, I could just assume that that's based off of the Witcher series in general. I can only assume that that's an option. I mean, I will say I've already been propositioned by someone who's not either of them at this point in the like, game. Kara, yeah, Kara already. Well, yes, but I mean, like, I actually got to the point where I had to choose yes or no to actually do it. Oh, and what did you do? I said no. Why? At this point, your Geralt has no attraction. Has no community. I'm not anything with Yennefer. That's not the. The point. The point is the like Geralt of old slept with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> he did. It's a, he's turning over a new leaf. <laughs> um. So there's a couple side quests that I'd like to wrap up that I'm curious about. There's a couple interesting ones that I'm actually ho- kind of hoping you get to that we could talk about too. That I kinda, there if was you one- point to where they are on the map. I'll make sure and do them. Yeah. I'll, I'll, when I go home, I can try to find where they are because I know the name of the quest and I can send them to you. Um, There's at least one that's just bizarre that I'm really interested in your thoughts on. So, yeah, I don't know how much main story we're going to get down in the next week because a lot of it's going to be prep for moving into the new area for both of us, I think. But hopefully we'll have it. I would say as a target, we will at least have met Triss and probably gotten that stuff started. And we still are going to have a lot to talk about because this side stuff, I mean, is just as engaging as as some of the main story, yeah, in my opinion. Honestly, that's been my impression, and another thing that's made me really impressed with 
like the writing in this game in general is that unlike a lot of games of this size, none of the quests feel like they're just like copy pastes. Like that's a problem with like Skyrim and Fallout and stuff where, yeah, it's huge, but a lot of these things you kind of just feel like you're doing the same thing. And pretty much all the quests have some sort of like have their own little story and something that makes it unique. Yeah. And I really like that. And that even goes as far as the Witcher contracts, because there's a contract I did that um, I apparently resulted in a bunch of elves and dwarves getting killed. So that sucks. Your Geralt's really batting a thousand, huh? Yeah. Releasing murderous ghosts, killing children, (laughs) horses. Really? We're going to go back to the horses now. (laughs) Don't even pretend I didn't see you slaughter innocent pigs. Hey, that was a mistake. They were coming right for me. I thought I was in a bandit pe- camp. They were bandit pigs. You know, their pelts were, I don't know if they're valuable or not. I don't think I sold them. There's nothing I could do. <laughs> you know, you went out of your way to murder majestic horses and I just killed a couple pigs. Not that pigs aren't majestic. They're very, honestly, pigs are very interesting animals. <laughs> I'm, what? I'm, I'm glad you said that because that'll be. They are interesting animals. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. What are we going to talk about next time? Oh, good. I bet there's a side quest that has to do with, like, pigs eating somebody or something. That's probably the dwarves that you can... So it was a good thing I killed those pigs. Because those pigs are not going to be there to, to kill the dwarves and elves later. That is my expectation. My expectation is that the pigs that I killed uh, are not there to then kill other people. They were bandit pigs and they were bad. <laughs> okay. I, I know we didn't, I kind of, I'm actually going to kind of add this on to the end because I just thought of this, but I really didn't want to bring up all this sadness again on our next episode. So I don't think we ever specifically mentioned that we had implied the, and they had implied that the spousal abuse was the cause of the miscarriage, but that wasn't actually true. Yeah. As we got further in, we learned that it was actually caused by the crones because of the deal that uh, his wife had made with them to get rid of the child because she didn't want it, and they basically forced the miscarriage on her. And that was, I think they gave her some potion or something, they said, and that was the reason for the miscarriage. It wasn't actually the spousal abuse, but the Baron definitely thought it was, and I don't think he ever found out the contrary. At least, I don't think he ever did on my playthrough. I don't know if that was the case on yours. I don't recall him finding out, but also, like, it doesn't really matter because, I mean, clearly he... Either way, he thought it would was his fault, and either either really way, should, the, you're you're correct. Either way, it it was his fault because the reason she even wanted it was she didn't want the product of his seed being born at least again. So exactly. So in the end, whether or not the actual abuse caused it at that moment, his abusive history with her caused it. By per- virtue of putting her in that situation. Exactly. And on that note, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. New episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, you can find us. Our email is video games cover to cover at Gmail. You can send us messages there if you want, or 
I, if there's a specific area thing you'd like us to make sure we cover or you know, anything like that. Or you can also find us on Twitter at Video Games C2C, and that's the number two. And uh, there we post about new episodes that come up or just random have random discussions on things that are related to what we're working on. I believe we also have an invite link to our Discord channel. Yes, we have a Discord, and yeah, you can find a link to that on our uh, Twitter. I believe it is the pin tweet. If not, I will make it the pin tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Remember, I love Yennefer. Yennefer.